Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Courtney Robertson, the most notorious villain in Bachelor history. And I have more than a few secrets to tell. But I am not the only one with tea to spill. Every week, I'm going to be talking to another icon of reality television about the things they can only say off contract. Hello, and welcome back to Off Contract. I'm your host, Courtney Robertson. Today, we have an iconic guest for you. He has a lot of tea to spill, so stay tuned. For the end of the episode, he shares something that he's never shared before. My guest today is Reality Steve. Without further ado, let's bring him in. OMG, we've got a great guest for you today. It's the one and only, the infamous Reality Steve, somebody that I'm happy to call a friend. And one of the first people that I reached out to when I decided to start a podcast, I was like, what microphone do you use? Like, I didn't even know where to start. Um, And so I texted Steve and I was like, by the way, I always want to call you reality, Steve. And my sister said the same thing when you guys spoke at some point, but we'll get to that later. Um, But I texted you. I was like, what do I need to do? And you're like, this is the microphone I use. (laughs) Yeah, because when I started this, God, back in 2016, it was more at the early advent. Nobody in Bachelor Nation had a podcast uh, when I had started, and I didn't know anything about podcasts. I knew about radio because that was my background, but I went to a reader who had a small podcast, and she literally walked me through everything. I knew absolutely nothing, and I had no equipment. She said, you need to you know, here are the options. You need to buy this, 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 and this, and determine what level you want to buy intermediate, you know, beginner, intermediate, or expert. And I was like, I'll just do intermediate stuff. I don't want a cheap microphone and stuff like that. But yeah, I had to, it took me forever. I remember it literally, I did a FaceTime call with her every day for two weeks, Monday through Friday, from start to finish to where she walked me through everything. Now, 
it could probably be streamlined a lot quicker. But back in 2016, I just I think it was it was a certain way it's done. Now you could just probably go on YouTube and watch a video and find out how to start your own podcast. But back in 2016, I had no clue. Someone had to walk me through every step. Well, and you know what? Back then it was like not everybody had a podcast. It wasn't saturated like it is now. Like you really were one of the first people to like do a podcast successfully. So I was like, I just, I felt kind of shy texting you. Like, what do I need to get? And you're like, this is the microphone I have. And I was like, that's not in the budget. Like (laughs) it was a little pricey, not going to lie. Um, The day the tables have turned, this is not about me. I have done your podcast a few times. So are you nervous? The tables have turned. This is all to talk about you, my friend. Well, I know that I know that we are going to talk about something. And I'm going to re- I can't remember if I told you this in private or not. Once I tell it on this podcast, maybe you'll remember that I told you this or maybe I haven't told you it. But there is definitely going to be something that I've never shared before uh, when it comes to you and and your season. Um, Can you save that that for the tea party? So at the end of the episode, you guys, I do a Courtney's tea party where we spill. I'm going to spill. You're going to spill. Maybe you save it for then. But I can't wait because I don't think you have, Steve. I mean, you and I have met uh, for the listeners. So I met you at uh, Michelle Money's uh, I Love Your Butt thing, um, her little charity event. Yeah, that's right. That was the first, time, first we time I met you, but I think we had spoken before. So for me coming off my season, I was like, I'm the villain. And like, there was a lot, you spoiled my season. I want to say the first week that my season aired. I think um, it was before that. Uh, probably I, 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 was. Yeah. So you talk about your, my, my tea has to do with your spoiler. And I know, I know you said it was the week before, if we're going to be exact, um, having looked it up, it was December 14th, 2011. So it was roughly three weeks before your first episode aired. So nothing had even been released. I don't even know if the cast list had been released by then, but yeah, December 14th, 2011. Is oh when I my God. <laughs> the fact that it was 11 years ago. Think about that now. 11 years ago. Can you believe you were on that show 11 years ago? I can. The further away it gets, the better for me in some ways, but now I'm doing a podcast and I thank you for helping me. By the way, my husband's going to bring me a charger. My phone's about to die. I have my notes for you because there's so much to dish about with you. And, (laughs) but like, this isn't about me. This interview is about you. And Mm -hmm. one of the questions I have for you is what does your day look like when you start? Like, what is like, walk me through your day. Um, you wake up, what does that look like? Okay. Things have changed because now I am doing 11 podcasts a week. What? Yeah. Who are you? I know. I do do five daily podcasts, which is my daily roundup, which is called where I spend. And they're 20 to 25 minutes. And it's just me talking. And it's the first thing I talk about is anything in the Bachelor world. And then I get into anything, reality TV, pop culture. And so that's 20 to 25 minutes. And then I have my weekly podcast, the one that you've been on numerous times, where it's an interview. So I do that once a week. So that's six podcasts. And then on the first Monday in January of this year, because sports is my background and I love sports so much, I decided I wanted to do a sports podcast. And it's more for myself. I'm not making a lot of money off it, a little bit here and there off advertising, but it's more of a passion project for me. But I'm doing a sports daily 
20 to 25 minutes every day. So that's that's five daily roundups, five sports dailies, and a weekly podcast. So yeah, I've got 11 podcasts a week that I'm doing now. Um, it's You're a, a lot. machine. <laughs> it is a lot. Uh, I record the daily roundup and the sports daily the night before. So what I do is I have it all set to go. I upload it and I can set a timer for it to upload into the Apple podcast system. So I'm usually up about 630 every morning. My dog wakes me up. I, I can't sleep in past 630 because my dog won't let me. So she wakes me up. I get up, feed her, walk her. And then my podcasts will uh, go up 630 central time for the daily roundup, 730 central time for the sports daily. I put those on my social media and then I'm on the computer anywhere between 7.30 and 9, 9.30, a couple hours of answering emails. And then, honestly, because I don't go to bed till 1 o'clock. I can't wow. really fall asleep before 1. So I only get about five and a half hours sleep. But once I'm up, I get those podcasts out of the way. Any columns that I have to put up, which are usually Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, I get those up. And then maybe around nine o'clock, I'm like a baby. I go back down and I, <laughs> and I take about a two hour nap. Um, and I kind of go back down and I kind of sleep again to get seven and give myself a good seven and a half, maybe eight hours sleep. And then I'm up around 11 again. <laughs> so, um, and then I kind of start my day. But sometimes I don't go back to sleep if I've got more work to do. But I can usually get my podcast stuff done, columns done before about. 9 9 30 central and then i kind of doze off again and then i'm and then it's just get up go to lunch hit the gym come back home and then i'm kind of already in process mode for because i don't start recording those two podcasts till usually 10 at the earliest my time so those go for 20 25 minutes to label it do all that stuff takes about 45 minutes total for each one. And now that I've got two every night, it's just like, yeah. Um, basically, I start my work again at 10 to 10.30 every night, and I finish right before one. And then you just repeat that cycle again. So, yeah, it's really weird. Wow. So you're telling me you're a workaholic. And, yeah. Yeah. and I mean, talk about scheduling guests. I, at the top of the episode, I talked about how I had Cole Barnett scheduled and then Shanae and then things happen. And, like, you know, you're probably booking your own you know, yeah. interviews. And that's like, that's a full job in itself, as I've learned. Yeah. And like, your time is like, valuable, obviously, because you are very, you're, you're very focused on work. And I've never, you know, it's happened a couple times, obviously, someone says, you know, you book a time like, hey, can we record at this time? I'd say, you know, my Thursday podcast is now 328. I think this, I think this week will be 300, my, my 329th. Because this started on Thursdays back in you know December of 2016, so yes, 300, and I do and I do them once a week. So I think it's 329. I could maybe count on two hands how many times I had someone set to go, and they canceled. So it doesn't happen often, but I understand it does. Some more, not even canceling, more just flaking and saying, "Oh, I can't," or "Oh, I thought about it and I'd rather not." You know, it sucks. It doesn't happen often, but has it happened? Sure, it does. And it sucks. But yeah, I book my own guests. I don't have any sort of producer. I edit my own things, even though um, because I have so many podcasts now, I don't do a lot of editing. The only thing I edit out is if there's like sound issues or something and something didn't catch. Um, 
very rarely does someone after the fact say, hey, you know what? I thought about it. Can you edit that that answer I had out? Nobody oh. really does. That. If they asked, I would do it uh, unless it was something major. Then I'd be like, look, let's talk about this. You know, this kind of needs to be out there. But nobody really ever does that. So, yeah, I just it's pretty much I hit record and then I hit stop. And that's the whole thing. I, I don't go, I, especially now with 11 podcasts, I certainly don't wow. go back every single one and try and cut out all mistakes and ums and uhs. I just, no, I don't have time for that. <laughs> the ums I have a hard time with. I'm, I've only done, you're going to be my sixth episode. So <laughs> sixth or seventh and Oh, my husband's here to, for the charger. Thank you, babe. Thank you. Talk about sports um, podcasts. He's a big sports guy. And that was like, I know going back to that, let me charge my phone. I have, I have 9% left. So we'll put a pin on that here. I just want to make sure I have, I have my notes here ready to go. Um, so how is the sports podcast going? I know that you were into sports radio beforehand and that was like, like you said, a passion project, but like, how's it feel? Did you wake up? I know you wake up and you're like, are you excited to do it? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, I record, I, like I said, I record them the night before, but it, it pretty much, unless something really breaks overnight in sports, which it usually, uh, which it usually doesn't, um, I'm pretty good to go with what airs, you know, it posts at 7.30 a.m. Central Time. So 8.30 in the morning Eastern Time is the latest it goes up, usually maybe 8.45. Um so it, it gives you all your new sports news for the first day. It's almost like try, I'm trying to give people um, almost like a newspaper feel, but in audio version, just like, hey, here's the top, here's the hot topics in sports today. And here are my thoughts on them. And I try and fill it with a lot of information. I try not to be, it, it sounds weird, but I try not to be too opinionated because sports mm-hmm. talk radio, the one thing, and the one reason I got out of the business and the one reason I don't really like the business anymore is because everything has to be so black and white and you have to take a side and all this stuff and blah, blah, blah. Um, whereas most of stuff in sports is such a gray area. And and my tagline on my, my tagline on my sports podcast is um, sports will always be the greatest reality show on television because you can't script stuff. It's, it's got so many good stories. Nothing about it is contrived. They can't put you in a situation to get a certain effect. And um, I just, I love it. And this is my favorite time of year because we're dealing with March Madness right now. College basketball Mm -hmm. is the best thing. I'm going to Vegas next week for the first round of the tournament, which is a yearly trip for me. I absolutely love it. Um, I believe you and I had a conversation one time when I was in Vegas right around March Madness time uh, years ago. Um, in fact, I remember it like it was yesterday. We had a uh, a conversation about this. Maybe we can talk about that later. But yeah. Um, oh, I'd be every- happy to. I want to talk about you, all the you, things. Do you remember? Do you remember it? Um, Vegas, Vegas, Vegas. March I was in Vegas. You called me because we had some stuff to discuss. Oh yes, uh, yes, 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 yes. I remember. Wait. I think okay. that was when probably Ari was being the announced as the bachelor. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. that was it. Oh, yeah. I remember. Cool. And I, and you heard about it and you're like, is this true? And I was like, yeah, I think yeah. so. And I was like, this is crazy. Yeah. Um, that was, that was one of the things I remember that season was so crazy. Cause remember Ari was picked out of, like nobody ever suspected just like he hadn't even been on tv in five years he hadn't been part of the franchise 
and all and this was fresh off of uh Rachel season I believe and yet you know we're hearing Peter Krause Eric's name was being thrown out there uh, Kenny King was being thrown out there like guys from her season and then all of a sudden I start hearing Ari and I went to you about it and I said is this true and you're like yeah I think it is and I remember I was in Las Vegas and before I went to bed that night, I said, look, I've been hearing nonstop names. I've heard like seven different names of right. who it could be. But if you're asking me before I go to bed tonight who I think the announcement is going to be tomorrow morning, I think it's going to be Ari. And mm -hmm. lo and behold, he was on GMA the next morning and he was being announced as The Bachelor. I remember that conversation specifically. And then we talked the next day, I remember because I had to step out of the I had to step out of the sportsbook area because it was kind of loud. I said you. Yeah. And uh, that was it. That was a that was a very um, it wasn't a fun conversation. I know that um, no, it, was, it wasn't uh, a fun conversation. <laughs> I was pretty upset and I was like, I yeah. just like and I really appreciate you being, you know, Olivia talked about it on my episode. Like, uh, you know, I know you listened to, and like just being a friend throughout this whole thing, because yeah. you are like you know, part of the nation. I hate to say the nation, but like, you know, everything, the ins and the outs. And like, you really truly have been a good friend to me throughout this whole thing. And I really can't thank you enough, but that was definitely a hard time. And I, and I think, I don't know if you heard, I said, like, he called me, like, he didn't know if it was going to be him that morning. And we talked normally, like everything was fine, like talking all the time. And then he's like, are you sitting down? I'm like, uh, I'll sit down. And he's like, I'm at the airport. I'm flying to New York. They're going to announce me tomorrow morning on Good Morning America. And um, I was kind of, I shouldn't say blindsided because I knew that it was like in the works, but like it was the sort of thing where it was like, hey, we're maybe going to start dating again. And like, again, this is not about me, but for the listeners, um, it just was hard. And I said to him, like, how would you feel if it, the roles were reversed and they were offering it to me and you had to watch me do that? And he was like, I'd be really upset. Like, this would be really hard for me. And it was like yeah. this like weird situation where it was like, okay, like maybe we're going to start dating again, but now you're doing the show and then I have to watch it unfold. And then you pick a girl and then you pick another girl and then <laughs> I have to hear all about it. So but yeah, yeah, I do remember that call in Vegas. And yeah, I appreciate I, you being there for me. No, I and, and you know, you know, you're welcome. And it was it was all I could do in that moment because I could tell that you were really not happy. Uh, I was upset. Yeah, you were you were you were upset about hearing that and you're just like, whoa. And you know, obviously things have worked out for you in your life, with yeah. your husband, two kids, and things have worked out for him, but you're allowed to say now, years later, like, hey, in the moment, that was was kind of shitty. I mean, I was you were blindsided. It it was. You weren't yeah. expecting like you said you had an idea, but to, to he to had an idea, but he was it. like, he was almost to me like I'm kind of questioning, like things are going so well with us. Like I'm like, he was like to me, like, I'm questioning whether or not I should do this, you know. Yeah. Because like I'm being pulled in two different directions. And of course I don't want the the fans and you know, like we, we don't really talk that much anymore. Like there's, we're good. Like I'm married, like I'm so thankful that my husband is my husband and like, you know, to put a bow on it, like it worked yeah. out the way it should have, because I don't think that relationship was sustainable for us. And that's why it probably never worked out. But in that time taking me back, like, yeah, like, and I don't think a lot of people know that because 
then I kept getting media requests and like, we were still good friends. And then he came back and was like, um, can you manage my book of business? Like he was on his honeymoon and I was showing his listings here for him. And like, yeah. I couldn't reach him. He's like, I'm on my honeymoon. And like, it was like fans trying to see his property. So there was like a weird time for us, but, um, That's right. Cause not, not only were you guys, you know, linked together, you know, somewhat romantically and thinking about dating, you guys were business partners. Yes. We worked <laughs> so, in real estate together and I was yeah. living in the house that we flipped. He was like, I literally bought this place for you. Like, cause you wanted it. My credit was for the listeners shot at the time. And I found this amazing flip. So he bought it with the idea that I would buy it from him. And then I was like picking out the finishes and he was like, I was, I remember before he left, he's like, you know, I was like, do you like me? Like before they even offered in the bachelor, he's like, I bought you a place. Like, of course I like you. Like, that's just him. He's very grandioso. So yeah. when he left for filming, I had to manage the project. And yeah. then he kind of ripped me off, ripped me off with the, some financial stuff at the end. So, but that's <laughs> neither here nor there. I wanted to ask you about, let's, let's, let's switch gears. Let's bring it back yeah. to you, Steve. What no are problem. you thinking about Zach's season how are you feeling about sack season? I listened to your, all of your podcasts, but for the listeners, yeah. how are you feeling about Zach's season? And I know that you've spoiled it. So we'll get to that next. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with him. Really? I, I, I don't, you know, could he have handled certain conversations better? Sure. But I think you could probably say that for every bachelor. I think it's just, a, it's such a tough position to be in. And look, I'll be the first to admit, I was a guy that absolutely hammered all the leads, whether it was a female lead or the male lead on Bachelor, a female lead on Bachelorette, I would always just jump down their throats for things that they said and did on this show. You know, I'm sure I did it on your season. But the bottom line is, let's face it, the lead pretty early on knows only about two to four women that he's interested in that he knows are going to last far. And in your situation... I think when I interviewed Ben on my podcast years ago, he basically said, oh, yeah, I knew. I mean, it, he told me that. Yeah, I he was like, I, I knew, like, he was like, I knew night one. Yeah, I knew I wanted to be with Courtney. So yet this guy still has, who's not a paid actor. He still has to put <laughs> he on doesn't this get song a SAG card. Yeah, he doesn't have a SAG card. But yet he has to put on this song and dance and, and feign this interest in women who are literally pouring their guts out to him and saying stuff and <laughs> wanting him, wanting they're they're wanting him to like them and yet he already knows in the back of his mind look I'm picking Courtney at the end of this thing so it's I I years ago I didn't understand that and I just made fun of them for it now I empathize more with the lead because it's not easy to do and I think this conversation that he had with Greer over FaceTime mm -hmm. where she talked getting COVID and he's like, well, you're not really comparing that to me finding a wife. He's even admitted he could have handled that better. Um, I, don't, I don't think that makes him a horrible person. I don't think it makes him a bad guy. I don't think he had any bad intentions. I just think he went about it the wrong way and he's admitted that. So that's what you want to hear. Some guy admitting his mistakes and how he spoke to somebody. And then the conversation with Jess where she's like, I can't, I want a one-on-one -on -one and you're not giving me one. And he's like, it's not about the one-on-ones, but you know, You've been on the show. It is about the one-on-ones. It, it kind of is. Yeah. If you're only getting group dates. You're pretty much know where you stand on the on the, in the pecking order of. She was unraveling. She was yeah. for sure unraveling <laughs> yeah. a little so, bit. Like, could he have could he have said that better and and not said that line of hey the, don't talk about the one-on-ones. They're not 
it's not that big of a deal when we all know it is. Yes. But overall, I think he's been fine. Uh, what I do think is this is one of a, a really great group of women. Um, I'd say our top six women are some of the best top six we've probably ever had. I, mm-hmm. they all, they're all incredibly attractive. The, the one thing that's being shown a lot more so in the, the credits is that these girls are all besties. Now, granted, it might be just because of the show. And once they get off the show and move on with their lives, they may split, splinter off. But they really seem to all have respect for each other and like each other, which I don't think happens on every season. I don't think you're, be- you're you're friends with a couple of the women from your season, but you're not besties with everybody in the top four. I mean, when was the last time you spoke to Lindsay Cox? Probably never. <laughs> I just know? followed her recently. <laughs> Again, follow, unfollow. Yeah. Like, are yeah. we good I- now? That's a weird thing. Yeah, no, it's just, it's so, that's what, that's, I think, what suppressed me the most about this season. Zach's been, he's been fine. He's been there. He's a lead, whatever. But I I really am impressed by the the, the top five, top six women. I think they are all um, going to be very sought after on Paradise this summer because they're all going down there, assuming. Oh, I'm like, ticket to Paradise. You, you're going to Paradise. Like, boom, boom, boom. Like, yeah. I can't I can't think of anybody in his top 10 outside of them getting a boyfriend before June. I can't think of anybody outside of his top 10 that won't be down in paradise at some point, you know? They're really They're they seem like hand. great girls. Like I loved Cat yeah. and I think her name's Catherine, but I want to yeah. get her on the podcast. I've requested that through <laughs> Warner Brothers and uh I we'll see how the women tell all shakes out, but I I like he sent her home before hometowns and i was like i really thought she was going all the way yeah so did jesse palmer he even said that today he's like i think even at the end of the episode on monday night zach was when he was having his man hug with jesse said (laughs) if you were to ask me after my one-on-one in the bahamas with her if we would be here right now and i'd be sending her home before hometowns he would have said you know no way he goes just things you know for whatever reason things change maybe we'll never know a real reason but you know, leads always seem to say, oh, my connection is stronger with others, which is kind of what you have to say. I mean, that's a very easy answer to give, but it is can be true. It's just like, look, I only have four roses to give and I have five women. Who are my four strongest? Well, those four get hometowns. Cat just happened to be number five in a, in a group of five, you know, in a group where only four women can get roses. She happened to be number five. You know, I don't know why his relationship with her was strong in the Bahamas and faded. Maybe we'll never know, but. Well, I'm going to find out. I want to find out. I'm going to ask her. What the heck? You know, I want to get him on here too. Like, you know, Um, so I wanted to ask you, like flipping back to your interview with Nick Vial. So he was going to be on my episode. I've asked him to come on, uh, you know, off contract. He's been really hard to pin down. He said he would come on. He's been flaky switching gears because we're going to flip back to that but do you think that he's the godfather of a bachelor podcast i think he think i think he thinks he's the godfather of everything um i know right i he's he's just a guy that him and i have some history behind the scenes that um you know frankly i think it's well known i don't like the guy i don't respect him um, for things that he has said and things that he has done. I don't respect the way 
He handled me going on his podcast during uh, the COVID shutdown when they, he was doing when they were doing those, um, you know, best uh, you know best of seasons or whatever. Remember when they did that during COVID, where Chris Harrison was in his you know mm-hmm. library doing you know hosting a show or whatever. So that's when Nick had me on. It was in like June of 2020. Maybe it was into July by that point. But um, I just don't res- I don't respect um, him uh, for his kind of um, uh, just the way he's handled certain situations, the way he avoids talking about th- certain things, his hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. Probably the biggest problem I have is how he calls people out. But yet when he's called out on something, it's, we're the people in the wrong. So it's just all of it combined and also knowing some things behind the scenes about him. Um, just don't have any respect for the guy. I don't listen to his podcast. Obviously, his podcast does make headlines when he has somebody on. So I'll oh, read he's like Captain Headline. I feel like he yeah. is like clickbait central. And here's something. Here's something I'll spill about Nick. If Nick doesn't like a headline written about him by one of the entertainment sources, you can bet your ass he places a call to them and makes them change it. Oh, wow. Oh, so he's in bed with all of them. No, I believe that. I mean, I was was at one point um, dealing with that, and I'd be like, hey, can you change it? Like, you know, because they want to keep you on your good side, like their good side. Like, Mm. you know, they want the tea. They want to be in bed. So it's like they want to keep him on the good side. That's how the Kardashians are. Yeah, and I think think that – you know, but Nick is, uh, you know, I understand when the Kardashians do it. You're Nick Vial. You're a reality. Right. Guy. Like you think you have some sort of pull. You think you think you're that big of a deal that you can't get a negative word written about you in a headline right. on Us Weekly or People or E or something like that. Like, come on, dude, just have thicker skin. And he doesn't. And Oh, no, not at all. I listened to his episode today um, and he was talking about how Zach, he's just like laid into Zach about how he has no empathy and he's, you know, I feel like here's my thing. I feel like Nick has his own map of the world and like, I hate to say it, but like nobody likes to know it all. And it's like, ask (laughs) Nick, like you're not a licensed therapist. Like you're getting advice from somebody who's just branded himself to give dating advice, right? And like, that's where it kind of rubs me the wrong way. And like, what really rubbed me the wrong way was the interview I listened to with you and him. And it was like, I literally was like, why aren't you just hanging up the call? Like you, so you decided to go on his podcast, right? Like he probably reached out to you like in a, like nice way. I don't know if people know this. And Oh no, this was, no, this was the other way around. I I reached out to him and I said, Nick, Obviously, I've said some things about you in the past. I've written, been very critical of you. Why don't you come on my podcast and let's talk about it? And he's like, you know, I don't know if it's a good idea, but how about you come on mine? And he flips it so that he can control the narrative. And that was just, it was typical Nick, but it was it was my very first contact with the guy. So I wasn't too versed yet in all the things that Nick Vile is about. And so I was like, you know what? Maybe if I go on his, then he'll come on mine. It was almost like a swap deal. Mm-hmm. I don't think we agreed to a swap deal. I thought maybe in the back of my mind he would come on mine once I went on his. So I was like, okay, but let's let's make the let's set the record absolutely straight. 
I went to him first and said, I want you on mine. And he basically told me, no, but I'll go on, but you can come on mine. That's what he did to and, me. <laughs> yeah, And that's, that, that's, that's the type of person you're dealing with. Cause it has to be all about Nick. He yeah. has to be the one that controls the narrative. So I decided to do it. And the funny thing was when I recorded the interview with him, I didn't think it went as bad as it did when it aired. It wasn't mm-hmm. until it aired that I realized Holy shit. He He's had an agenda. Fucked that... up. <laughs> yeah. And he is, he is absolutely trying to ask leading questions to get me to say certain things. And I just wasn't, I wasn't picking leading up on the it. the witness. Hello. Yeah. I was, you know, cause when you're doing an interview, like even when I'm sitting here doing this, obviously I'm not, I know you're not out for some sort of, uh, vendetta against me and you're trying to get me to admit something well, where the way with as a listener like i was like oh my god like he's like attacking him like and i'm like no. i view you as a friend and i'm like this is like cringy this was like just I, hang up the call the point where i didn't even understand it at the time it was happening like i said i thought the interview was fine i knew that there was some you know butting heads or whatever i knew there were some things that i said to him that i wish i would have expanded upon but it wasn't until it aired and everybody that listened not only was emailing me but was contacting him and writing in his comment section and mm-hmm. leaving star reviews did i realize oh wow they really are seeing what nick did in this interview mm-hmm. and then yet even after all that happened and he got so much negative flack for that interview even on his next podcast he blamed it all on my fans being, wow, the Reality Steve fans really came after me because they're such fans of Steve. Like he still couldn't see and he still couldn't admit how he treated the interview and how poorly he came across. It was just, oh, his fans are just blindly following whatever Steve says and that's why they're attacking me. It's like, no, dude, they're attacking you because you conducted a horrible fucking interview. That's why. Yes, I'm shocked that you didn't just like hang up like, okay, this isn't working. Like, is there any correspondence after that? Like where it was like, hey, like, sorry, man, or like all good. Or was it just like crickets? I think I absolutely 100% think that after Nick recorded that interview, he thought that he had destroyed Reality Steve. Like he thought he can't wait till this airs because everyone is going to hate him. And he will... He might not admit that publicly, but I know he admitted that privately. So he thought that interview was going to kill. He thought that he finally was the first guy to, I don't know, expose reality, Steve, Mm. what the case may be. And when it backfired and he got a bunch of one-star reviews and a bunch of people absolutely laying into him, he was surprised. I know that for a fact. And I know he was bothered by it, but yet he still couldn't admit it was anything other than, oh, just reality, Steve's fans are passionate. No, it just, that's what I mean. That's what I mean when I say the guy just drives me up a wall because he, it doesn't seem like he can ever admit fault. I've had so many bad screw ups in regards to reporting, whether it's spoilers or the Mm -hmm. awful thing I reported about Jenna Cooper, where I have absolutely 100% taken full ownership. Yeah. That's dead in the water. Like you don't need to apologize anymore, Steve. Like you really, like you have owned that, like that's done. Like you don't even need to mention it, but I know you're a good guy and you like, you're like, okay, like I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not reporting on like my sources need to be credible. Like you're doing all of that. And that comes across in all of your 11 podcasts (laughs) that you're recording. I just wish. And I, and I just say that because like I said, I've admitted my 
doings in the past. I just wish Nick could be like, oh, you know what? You know, for him to call, you can have opinion. You can watch Zach's season and have opinions on Zach and how he's handling things. But didn't Nick call him a total? What was the What was the phrase he used a couple weeks ago? He called he called Zach a total dick. Like yes. that is so called for. You know? It's, it's like was, very like clickbait. Like like, what are you doing? Like my mind's exploding. Like I don't like I I listen because obviously I'm doing a podcast now and I need to, and so do you. Yeah. And like you said, you have people sending it to you, but like I listened today and I'm like, wait, because I thought I was having Shanae on, and I was like, what is happening? Like he's talking about like how he has zero empathy and basically how he just sucks balls. Pardon my French. Like, and I'm like. But you've been the bachelor. It's like you have he has his map of the world and it's just like his way or no way. Yeah, that's the thing. He's been in Zach's position. Yes. And yet it's so easy for him to sit there behind his microphone and spew it out. But God forbid anyone said anything negative about what Nick did on his season. And it's like, no, you know, you're in the wrong because you don't understand how it's really done. Well, then how can you be commenting about that about Zach? The bottom line was, I think Nick has readily admitted he knew it was going to be Vanessa for a long time. So he had to go through the motions and put on an act and take Raven to the final two and eliminate Rachel and take her to the overnights and then eliminate her. He knew he was picking Vanessa. So yeah. Zach is in a position where he probably knows who he's picking at this point. He's got to just get rid of women. And because you don't agree with his style, he makes him a total dick. It just, no, it makes you look like an asshole for saying that. Oh, well, switching gears, honestly, like, I just, like, listen to that podcast and, like, you're my friend and, like, I want to have him on my podcast. We're, like, in the same world, but it's, like, there's this, like, thing where I'm, like, ugh, like, I was a villain and, like, his whole thing and you heard Olivia saying, like, like, he doesn't, like, if you're a villain, you're an asshole. Like, to me, it's not black and white and you know that and I was going to ask you um, who, switching gears, who your favorite villain of all time was, like, don't not leading the witness yeah you know we're friends that can't be me did you have a villain that like because you hear a lot of stuff off a lot and like anybody that stood out to you um i i guess there's just so many different levels you know that we know that there's levels of villainy on the show there's people that are just that come across as mean and mean-spirited people like people that are just not nice that came across as villains on the show versus like you were more of a um, humorous villain. Like you were just saying. I thought I was in the moment. (laughs) You were saying funny lines in your ITMs when you were by yourself. I don't remember you. I I could be wrong. You might've said something to somebody's face or you might've been responding. I know obviously you and Emily had a back to back, back and forth. And, but I don't think it was ever anything totally mean. It was just more of, Stop bothering me. I I was kind of snarky. I was like, if I could just give him a little thing that would back him up, I'd be down. Like, I just wanted to, like, push people off me. Yeah. And then you have, you know, people like Olivia who were, you know, vilified when she was a villain that was more along. She wasn't mean-spirited at all, never said anything negative about the women. Her villain edit was more about constantly talking about how basically her and ben were gonna end up getting married and she's she's miss ben higgins so in this world of the bachelor the viewing audience that's considered a villain when all you do is talk about your connection with the lead and how great it is it just comes across as oh my god she's so into herself and and that makes that makes you a quote-unquote villain when you're really not as opposed to someone like um 
Oh, I'm trying to think. Uh, Kelsey Poe from Chris Soul's season, mm-hmm. the woman who Ashley I butted heads with all season. There, I love her. that you just have this to pull from. Like it's like yeah. so ingrained in you that you're like yeah. literally like do 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 do. Like I'm like yeah. Crystal. I mean, uh, Crystal Nielsen. She was a she was a villain on her season. Um, but who's your favorite? Do you have a favy? Who who is a favorite that? God, it jumped out to me. Um, I, I I can only seem to answer who I really wasn't a fan of, and that was Corinne. I just Corinne. Oh, I just yeah. Was so it was like so performative, so over the she, top, she, like so like yeah. I'm gonna come in and be like a a villain. Like when I did it, it was like I didn't know I was gonna be a villain, and then like it's become like like Shanae, Like, are you trying to be a villain? Yeah. That's, and I yeah. felt that way about Corinne too. I was like, "Holy shit, this girl's coming in guns blazing." Yeah, and yeah, Shanae is another perfect example. Someone that I didn't care for on the show because it seemed like she absolutely was playing it up for the cameras in her ITMs, knowing if she said certain lines, which we know possibly could have been fed to her and told, yeah. "Hey, say this to you know get some reaction or whatever." Um, so those are two that I didn't like. Who did it, who did I kind of enjoy as a villain? Gosh, off the top. Of- well, well, we can come back to it. Maybe think about yeah. it for the tea party. Um, yeah. <laughs> so we took, we covered Nick, which was like something I'm glad we talked about because that was just like so cringe. And um, I I just want to state that I'm so happy that so my podcast guests flaked a little bit this week, and your dog went to the vet today. Is he okay? I know you're. <laughs> oh, she. Yeah, no, she was just going for her like biannual shots and full body exam or whatever. So, yeah, she just had her her comprehensive exam is what they call it. So they run through all the they run through all the tests. And uh, yeah, she's she's got a um, she's got a lump right at her scar where she was Mm. new. And it's it's gotten bigger over the last three months. So they said they asked me. Has it always been this big? I said, no, it's gotten bigger. But she had she's been she got neutered before I got her, which was 2018. I've had her almost five years now. Oh wow. It's just now the 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 lump is right around the neuter. So I've always thought it was one of those just fatty lumps. And they said, you know what? When she comes in for her teeth cleaning, I gotta get a teeth cleaning for her in a few months. They said, you know what, let uh, you know, let's take a look at it. Because when I touch it on her, she doesn't yelp, it doesn't bother her, it doesn't seem to be hindering any sort of movement. So I just assumed it's a fatty tissue, but they said, you know what, just for, you know, I, they said, I don't think it's anything alarming, but why don't we check it out next time she's in here? And I said, okay, so that's about it. Everything else health wise, she's, she's great. Oh oh my goodness. That's so, I'm sorry. That's stressful though. We need to like take your dog to the vet and we were like scheduling and thank you for hopping on a call so quickly. So my next question is, let me tell you, um, do you, is there anything that, are you in bed with producers? Is there anything, <laughs> like, do you have any relationship with producers at this point? You know, time? I think, I think a lot of people want me to be or want to think of, and, and think that. you were, I don't think you could tell, but are you? Yeah, I, I just, my answer to that is just a flat no. And I can't emphasize that enough. The funny thing is, you would think if I was in bed with producers, I would never get anything wrong because they clearly know what happens every season on the show. And I have been wrong 
uh, about numerous things, you know, small things here and there. It could be like a group date or who went home on what episode and stuff. So clearly if a producer was feeding me this information, I would never get anything wrong. Right. Uh, and then the other thing would be, look, I, I've always felt personally, if these people knew what was good for them, they would be feeding me information because mm-hmm. I think what I helps the show, but they would never work with me. This is a company that sued me twice. The first time they sued me was your season. Um, we all know, if you don't know that story, go Google it. It's, it's out there. I've told it a thousand times. Everybody know that I reached out to three women from your season and offered them money to tell me what happened. Um, and none of them did. Um, I found out through different ways, but I almost was like, well, let me cut out the middleman here. and I'll just go straight to some of the contestants and Asked them, hey, what happened on your season? And it was three women. It was Casey Steamer, good friend of yours. Oh, it was Sports, good friend of yours. And um, and and Emily. And none of them, all Casey never responded to me. And Jacqueline and Emily both said the same thing. They're like, hey, you know, love your stuff, big fans, but can't say anything. Obviously, have a have a contract. And then I offered them money. And they said, No, I'm sorry, I just I can't. I don't want to. The problem was. When producers are, you know, because it was when they were back for filming, but when you were still on the show, so it was like days after they had gone back. I remember, Jacqueline was gone episode three, oh. Emily on like episode six or so, right before hometowns. So there was still about a month, three weeks left of filming, and producers are still doing check-ins, like, "Hey, has anybody contacted you? Is anybody looking?" And you know, Emily. The, fun, the funniest thing, you know, Emily was the one that turned me in, turned me over to Alon. And um, oh, shit. she didn't know any better at the time. Um, she just was like, yeah, this one guy reached out to me, reality C. And, and Alon just like light went off in their yeah. head, like, boom, what did he send you? And she forwarded him um, my emails. You know, look, Emily and I have talked about this numerous times. I understand the position she was in. Uh, I shouldn't have done what I did. I shouldn't have offered her money. I shouldn't have written what I did. Um, it was probably the offering of moment, money that made it like the game changer for sure. Yeah, that's for what them. gave them the chance to sue because they were now saying you are interfering in a contract between two parties, the show and the contestant. You are trying to breach that contract by offering our contestants money. So, but I'm not, I, you know, I'm not mad at Emily. I even had a conversation with Jacqueline about it. I'm not mad at Jacqueline. I still text Jacqueline every once in a while. Oh, she's now, fun. She's my, one of my best friends. She's a hoot. Yeah. A hoot she'll and a half. Me, she'll always text me at the beginning of the season. Hey, who wins this thing again? I don't want to watch. You know. So, yeah, she's like, so whatever. Very laissez-faire. Yeah. I, I reached uh, out to her today about the Ariana, and um, she's friends with uh, Shayna. On, uh, oh, she is? Okay. Yeah, and I was like, what's going on with this? Like, I need tea. Like I'm late to the party. Like get me some tea. Like what's going on with that? Like I, it's just like all over my feed. Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm someone that doesn't watch Vanderpump rules, but I'm almost like same as you. Like I don't watch the show. I've never seen five seconds of it. I know the names of the people I've seen their pictures all over the entertainment sites, but it does seem very juicy. I mean, Mm -hmm. same thing was happening in bachelor nation. Like, this would honestly, based on what I've heard, if we were to relate this to Bachelor Nation, this would honestly be the equivalent of a married couple in Bachelor Nation mm-hmm. cheating with 
a lead from another season. Like, right? I'm Isn't so that- glad you said that. Yes, like, like from their season, it would literally be like JoJo hooking up with, or you know, him hook. What's what's her name? Like, uh, hooking up with somebody from their season. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Like, no, that's. It's, it's like a kind big of deal. Big news. It's big in pop culture. So I texted Jacqueline this morning, and I was like, "Who is it? Like, tell me. Like." Find out some stuff. Like, I want to know. Like, I'm like, what? Yeah. I think the episode, new episode drops tonight or Thursday night or something. But I've, even, I've heard rumors or I've heard people's opinions that they're under the impression that, and I don't even know if this is true. They might just be saying this or whatever for effect. But some people are under the impression that they think this is all for publicity. And this isn't what? even really- Scenes and I had the same thought. Like, is this real? Like, I had the same thought. Like, is this like real? Yeah. Like, you know, I I I don't know how those shows are shot. I know you're not followed around 24-7 with a camera, but there's set times like, okay, Friday night from 6 p.m. to 3 a.m. We're gonna need you because we're gonna shoot in, in you know in this restaurant or club. But if one of these guys was having an affair with one of the other women in the cast for seven months, like how did that not get out sooner? Or maybe it did in certain circles. I don't know. Like, I don't get it. I don't either. I'm I'm here for it though. I definitely yeah. want to see. Like, I'm like, how am I like look? I have two kids. Like, how am I looking at this stuff all the time? I'm like, what's the latest? So, um, I wanted to ask you. Do you feel like you are a, a big part of Bachelor Nation? Do you feel? I, I you know I. If I say yes, it's going to turn into some, like, it's some ego stroke. And, no and I, egos and I, here. Hey, we're friends. Like, there's no ego here. I mean, to a certain, to a certain portion of this niche audience, yes, I am. Because I'm the only person on the internet that is spoiling the show for you. So I, I it's almost like, by definition, I almost kind of have to be, um, because I know the information that I have and the stories that I share and the insight that I'm able to pass along to people, um, you can't get anywhere else. So yes. You're the one and only, honey. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. 
That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. <laughs> yeah, I, I am, God, I don't even want to say the word big deal because it just sounds so self-serving and self-absorbed, but yes, to a certain section of the audience, uh, yeah, what I do is a big deal to them for sure. But does that make me a big deal? I mean, I, I just look at it as I'm just like, like I'm very, I'm very self-deprecating when it comes to this. I don't take myself too seriously, despite what people seem to believe. I'm just giving spoilers to a reality show. I'm not giving, I don't have access to the nuclear codes. I don't have <laughs> access to government <laughs> secrets. I have, I'm have like, I'm giving spoilers to a reality show. I know where I stand in this world. It's very important. What I do is very important to a small, small subsect of society. But it, I, it, I wouldn't call it small. I wouldn't call it, it small. I paid my bills for the last 12 years, so I'm not going to complain. But I know. I would love to ask about the money portion <laughs> of it. But any anybody who, is, anybody who is in my position who has access to the information that I have You'd be stupid to not take advantage of it and do exactly what I do. It just made, it would make no sense to hold on to it or never release it or never start a podcast or never start a website. You'd be an idiot not to do it, to take advantage of it. And that's all I've done is I know that I've have information that nobody else has. Everyone's got a podcast now. That's fine. Everybody now interviews other people from the franchise, which in turn has hurt my business in terms of my interviewing because I can only interview you know, contestants that are, you know, off contract. Um, I can't get the local, I can't get the new contestants fresh off the show when five or six years ago I could, because now Bachelor Nation mm -hmm. has their own Bachelor affiliated podcast. So that's hurt my Thursday podcast, but I still, with my daily show and my Thursday show, I still have information that I can provide people that nobody else has. And um, as long as this show is on the air, I'm sure I'm still going to be getting info. So that's what I've banked on. And Anybody who says they wouldn't do what I'm doing is is lying to themselves because this has been my full-time job since August of 2011. This this summer will be 12 years that realitysteve.com has been my full-time job. So, um I can't complain. Oh, I'm I'm not surprised obviously and I would tell any contestant moving forward be friends with Reality Steve <laughs> like because I think it's like this taboo thing. Like you can't talk to him. Like I met you at a charity event. Like I knew like that you were like, you're like an icon in the show. Like you are part to me, you are part of bachelor nation. Like you're the only person doing it. And yeah. honestly, I think going on the show, like you should kind of align with you in some way, you know, because you're the only one doing it. I think they've really, you know, I because I've spoken to contestants after their season has aired. That's usually when I start hearing from them is, you know, after their season has aired. And it's just always been like kind of what you said. They have this fear of me. I know production puts the fear of God into them about speaking with me or associating with me. So I get it to a certain extent, but there's also a part of me that's like, if you're falling for that by production, you're, you're not seeing the true story. And the funny thing is, years after the fact, when I've spoken to Jacqueline about it, when I've spoken to Emily about it, they both said, like, oh, my God, if I knew then what I know now, I totally would have handled it differently, you know? And I, oh. I get it. 
but they were fresh off the show. They were literally put into this tornado and then Jacqueline gets eliminated in San Francisco and is literally spit out of a tornado. You can't go home. You can't speak to anybody. You can't tell anybody what's going on. Every day that you were on set, you were literally talking to a producer about your feelings. And now you're home in your real life going, um, what do I do now? I don't even, <laughs> I don't know how to function because I'm not in this environment anymore. And someone like me is pressuring you to, Hey, tell me what happened. I understand why they did what they did. That's why I've never been mad at Jacqueline and I've never been mad at Emily. And they've both been podcast guests since they've, uh, you know, uh, done, you know, turned me in to, uh, to Alon at the time. So yeah, it's, it's kind of come full circle, but it's just funny. Both of them have said after the fact, Oh my God, if I knew then, what I know now totally wouldn't have done that. And, you know, they've apologized to me, but I'm like, again, you don't have to apologize. I, I shouldn't have approached them the way I did, but well, this could be a weird dynamic with you with all guests, like, and people reaching out to you, you get a lot of information sent to you. Like what was like the craziest thing oh, yeah. that you've ever been? I mean, I guess you can't really say, I mean, Oh no, I can, I can say it because it's the one thing that I was, it's the one spoiler I was able to give where I was actually able to give the source behind it. And that was, and this is part, and this goes back to the Nick conversation. This is part of the reason why Nick has always had a hatred towards me oh, is the wow. Nick is the Nick plane video. You, you know about this, right? No, tell me, tell the listeners. We need to know. Okay. So Nick was on Andy's season. He was final two with Josh and her finale was taped in the Dominican Republic. Well, Nick, after the season ended filming flies from Dominican Republic to Miami and then Miami to Charlotte, I believe. And then a, a flight from Charlotte to Milwaukee. Well, a girl that I had hooked up with five years previous who I literally ghosted after the weekend I hooked up with her. Wait, you ghosted somebody? Or yeah. Yeah. I ghosted her. Uh, Steve, just, uh, you naughty, naughty guy. Yeah, the weekend didn't go well. It was a bad weekend. I just, right. I didn't think, it was, it was just a bad weekend. But Got it. this girl still had my number in her phone. And she sits down on a plane in row two. And in front of her, a guy is talking on his speakers. And he's throwing out keywords like rose ceremony, final rose. And she just starts recording him from the seat right behind him. And it was Nick Vial basically spoiling his own season because he was on the phone with some, it was some family member. You could ask him if it was his dad, his mom, his brother, sister, I don't know. But he's telling them, oh my God, she's she totally is going to, her and Josh are never going to make it. And it was just like so obvious that Nick Vial is now on a plane about to head home, but he can't wait to get home to tell his parents. So he's telling his family what happened at the final rose ceremony on a plane in the first row in first class. And this girl that I hooked up with five years earlier oh. still has my number in her phone, <laughs> texts me, and it comes across as a number because she wasn't in my phone anymore. So like, who is this? Uh, that's the worst text. Like, who yeah, is this? It was like, and it was like, who is this? But she sends a <laughs> she sends the video and she's like, I don't know if you remember me, but here's a video I think you like, might be. What's your name again? <laughs> And honestly, I had forgotten her name. Um, <laughs> Good for you. But she sends me the video of Nick talking, and I'm like, "Holy shit! I've got, I've got now proof of the final two guy admitting he didn't get picked in the final road ceremony." So that shit. was the best. 
And I posted it. I posted it to YouTube because it was like, it doesn't matter because this came from a stranger who (laughs) who happened to be filming somebody who was talking loudly on a plane. Now, here's the crazy thing, Courtney. If this happened today, I wouldn't do it. Because my right. my, my yeah. recording has changed. I think that's very shitty to record somebody um, in, in, even though they're in the public and even though he yeah. was saying that, what I would have done is taken that video and just said, hey, spoiler, Andy picks Josh over Nick this season and not said where I got it from and not exposed him. So Nick. Well, hey, look, the line has is, is been drawn. Like it's yeah. even comedians say that like. We used to be able to joke about this. Same with your reporting. That's why I'm like, yeah. don't be too hard on yourself. Like, it's just evolved to a thing. Yeah. And I feel like you beat yourself up about a lot because of the Demi thing. And yeah, I, yeah, I think um, I definitely wouldn't do that video now, but I would just take the information from that video and just be like, oh, hey, uh, this You're past safe. weekend, I got, I got, I got a tip and I, and I know now and I can report Andy's engaged to Josh, you know, and I just wouldn't have released the video. And that's it. That's the only that's the only difference. The other thing about that, even if I didn't get the Nick video, I don't know if you remember this. This was the early days of this was the early days of Snapchat. And oh, on the early shit. days of Snapchat, you had if you go if you went to somebody's profile, you could see their three favorites. And it was yeah. everybody they snapped the most. Oh, I well, don't remember that. I didn't even know that. I'm like, oh okay. shit, what were so my that favorites? Was a thing. <laughs> so that was a thing. Andy Dorfman's Snapchat profile, literally like a week later, somebody sent it to me and her number one Snapchat profile was Josh Murray's um, Snapchat name. So it was just like, okay, she clearly clearly picked Josh Murray because why else would she be snapping him this many times, you know? So even if I didn't have the Nick video, her season was getting spoiled by her own, by her own doing, but yeah. Um, What you're doing is like, that's a lot of work, Steve. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> look i didn't even i didn't even i was just like you at the time you didn't know about it till now at the time i didn't really i didn't know to look at andy's um uh snapchat to think of whoa i wonder who her three top right. three favorites in snap are you know that's not a feature anymore on snapchat so you can't look that way but um another one that's come up in recent years and this is crazy unless you turn it off in your settings Everybody that you add in a contact on your phone shows up in your Venmo friends list. What? Unless you shut off the feature. What? So if you add a new contact, so let's say, and I I think this was spoiled during Colton's season. People went in Colton's friends list and saw Cassie, Cassie's mom, Cassie's dad, all as part of his friends list in Venmo. So it's like you guys can't see my face right now. We're not recording live, but I'm like yeah. my jaw has literally <laughs> dropped to the floor. Yeah, there are there are so many ways now to find out. Um, that was the last one that Venmo because it got out publicly, and I'm sure that ABC, when they talk to these contestants now, are just like, look, you can't do this, you can't do this. Please, <laughs> if you add somebody in your phone, make sure this fil- this setting is turned off in Venmo, or else everybody's going to see that you are, you know, it's just like, um, so yeah, I mean, Ari, I mean, I remember back when you and I were talking about the whole Ari thing and Ari was back from filming. I was like, because Ari was one of the people that pulled a Caitlin and spoiled his own season yeah. when he had chosen Becca, when one, they went dirt bike riding together and they took a yeah, group. The picture. shoes, the shoes the were sho- the giveaway. <laughs> <laughs> the shoes she had on and on one of their happy couple visits, 
Becca posts from from the backyard, or but she posts like Jupiter, Florida, or something like that. She she tried to make it seem like she wasn't in the backyard of a house in L, in Hollywood Hills, and then Ari posts from the same exact back exact backyard. 15 minutes later and people figured it out. It was just like, okay, you guys are clearly together. And um, so that was another one. It came out after I had given the spoiler about Ari and Becca, but still. That was like a finance because you were like hitting me up for questions. And I was like, I just, it was like a weird thing for me to be like, I can't, I knew, like I knew he came back. He told me everything. Like I had my first overnight with Kendall and then it was Becca and then it was Lauren. And like, he told me everything. And like, it was hard for me because I was like, we have a friendship and I was like, I literally yeah. couldn't do that to him. Like I couldn't yeah. like tell you anything because, and then you were like, I'm getting Jason Mesnick vibes. Like you had heard something yeah. and like you had to ask me and like, it's, it's a fine dance, you know? Like I was like, yeah. I, I, and I felt like weird because I was like, you're my friend and like, I want to tell you everything, but I'm also kind of weirdly involved. So and I and I respected you for that, and I was able to find out his season, uh, you know, another way. Not only one that he picked Becca, but then two, I was tipped off the day he flew to Virginia to go talk to Lauren, and I was tipped off that yeah. day. You sent it to me. I was like, "Oh shit, it's happening!" Like I had no clue about that. You're like, "Oh, you sent me a, a picture." I was like, "Oh yeah, he's doing it." Yeah. So yeah. So it's like there are things that you knew before me that you didn't tell me, and then there were things that I knew before you that I you know, told yeah. you, but yeah, it was, it's a weird thing. Like, it's like, it a weird like there's like the praise that be like, and, um, so switching gears, uh, I wanted to ask you, like, I have a couple more questions, but what yeah. do you think about Chris Harrison's podcast? Because I have my tea involves Chris Harrison. Okay. Um, so just so you know, I've listened, shit talker. First, I've listened to the, I listened to the first three because I wanted to just hear, and then I realized we're getting nothing. He's not giving anybody anything. No. And I felt the same way. Like, what is he going to say? Like, he got paid, what, $10 million plus? Yeah. Like, it's like I, this whole thing. And he had Ari on this week. And yeah. I, I actually asked him to come on my podcast. And it was like, I'm launching something soon. Like, maybe at a later date. Like, it was no, like not a hard yes. He... I, I, all I had to do was listen to the first three, and I realized this is going to be a whole bunch of nothing. It's for his fans. It's for the people that love him. He's not going to really trash talk anybody. He's really not going to spill anything T-wise or production-wise that we kind of already haven't heard through right. stuff like that. So to me, I ever since his first three podcasts, I've never listened to one. And I've never really brought it up in my, like, for the first few, I was talking about it in my daily show every day. Like, Chris said this, let's talk about this. Chris said this, right. let's talk about it. Well, it's I part of your it, job. It's, yeah, it's like, you know, you got to talk about it. I, yeah, I haven't brought him up in probably a month. It's just, there's nothing to talk about with his with his podcast. He's doing his thing. Let him do it. Um, you know, there are things that I disagree with and things that he said and how he handled it, especially in the in the first episode. But other than giving my thoughts at the time, ever since then, I've just been like, whatever, let him do his thing. And, um, you know, he'd never come on my podcast in a million years because I would absolutely destroy him. <laughs> uh, he would never put himself in that position. And plus, I understand because as much as I'd want Chris Harrison on my podcast, I'd only want Chris Harrison on my podcast if it could be a no-holds-barred interview and I could ask him anything. And I can't because he's clearly signed an NDA 
that doesn't allow him to talk about certain things. So it's like, well, why would I want to talk to no, him? No, but he, he can. He could come on. The best thing that he could do for him right now would be to come on your podcast. And, like, <laughs> that would be controversial. Like, that's what he kind of needs, in my opinion. Like, he needs, like, okay, so you're getting the people that you were friends with on your season of hosting. Like, yeah. I reached out and was like, hey, come on mine. He was like, I can't, but... Like, and now he's getting like the, I want to say like the good edits ish of the podcast. Oh, he's never, I'd love for him to put somebody on that actually doesn't like him. He's putting his friends on from the show. Like, you should come on. Like, that would be interesting. Like, let's put that out in the world. Like, you would crush it. You've been doing this since 2000, what, 16? Uh, Well, podcast, yeah. But like, reality TV has been around since 2003. Like, oh, yeah, right. Like, like that would be interesting. Like people would love to hear that. Like you're off contract, like, come on, like, let's go. Like you, I'm going to put that out there. Like balls <laughs> to the wall, like get you on there. Like there's a fine dance, you know, like you can talk about things without talking about things, but like sharing stuff, like that's what the nation is about. I can't wait for your tea segment. Cause now I want to know, I mean, the biggest tea that I've ever had about. Tell me your tea. We're going to get to the tea party. Let's get to yeah. this is a, this tea is a party. This isn't even a, my tea about, you know, your season. But I, I mean, it's well known. I've talked about this in my podcast before. We all know that Chris at one point dated Selma. And we all know that Chris dated Andy. Ashley Frazier. Oh, I was going to say Andy. Oh, Andy and he dated Andy too? Yeah, <laughs> that's what I heard. I, th- I always thought it was rumored, and then Andy always denied it. So I just assumed that she wasn't lying, but apparently well, she was. deny, like, deny, deny, you know. <laughs> that was like Chris uh, and Ben Flanick, like deny, deny, deny. <laughs> <laughs> you know what Great. I mean? Um, but yeah, I mean, so that's really the only tea I've ever had on him. But I think, but that's been kind of, I don't think he's ever talked about it publicly. I don't think he's ever said, oh, yes. I dated Ashley Frazier for this amount of months, or I dated Selma for this amount of time, or I dated Annie for like, no, he's, he's never-, never like, and he never will. Cause he's engaged no. now. Like he, there was a time, Steve, that there was a moment that like somebody, 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 somebody reached out to me that was like, would she go on a date with him? Me, so they this asked, girl asking you, they were not asking you to go on a date with him, but they were asking somebody that you knew and trying to get your opinion on, do you think that she would go out with him? Me, this girl. Yes. Wait, you. (laughs) After my season. Yes. After my season, there was a time where it was like through the grapevine, like would, and he was like recently divorced, like, or like going through the process. And it was like, would she be interested or entertain that? And it was like, it was not direct, but it was very much so safety like would she go out with him but the she is you yes oh okay oh all right so he put he put feelers out to see if courtney would go you know courtney robertson would go out with him yes okay it doesn't surprise me i mean the guy look i mean this is breaking news right here like i mean yeah that was Was like a thing was that your tea no, that's not my tea about him. Oh, wow. That wasn't even your Chris Harrison tea. Wow. No. But yeah, breaking news here. It was like, would you, it was like a friend of a friend of a friend. Like, it was very, like, safe for him to, like, would she be interested? 
Hmm. And then that brings me to my tea party. Okay. I'm going to spill my tea. This is Courtney's tea party. It's going to be fun. And my tea involves Chris Harrison. And I was at a party with him after my season of The Bachelor. We had broken up with my bachelor. And I saw Chris Harrison and he said to me, we thought we hooked you up with this amazing man. And he turned out to be a pompous asshole. So Chris Harrison talks a little bit of shit. Okay. He does. Like whenever I've seen him, I've had very few interactions with him. Like he was married on my season. He would trip with with his wife. Well, you know, long story short. So I see Chris Harrison at this party and he said, we thought we hooked you up with this amazing man and he turned out to be a pompous asshole and And then after you had broken up with ben you guys were done yep we were done and that was like leading back to our story previously and that was the night that i heard for for a friend of a friend of a friend you know what's going on was she single and then um my other chris harrison story is i was doing who wants to be a millionaire he was a host and, oh, that's right. I remember that. Yeah, I watched that. And he said to me, um, what's going on with Ari? Like, you know, we obviously have a history. And he was like, isn't he off racing go-karts now? Like, he wasn't, like, doing Indy 500. And he's like, like, he was like, he's just off racing go-karts. <laughs> so the thing about Chris Harrison, love him. He's always been nice to me. But, like, I feel like it's tit for tat. Like if you can do this for me, like it's never been an equal exchange. Like I asked him to do my podcast, like, and that's like a story that came to mind. Like, you know, well, that's- and he talks shit though about people like, and he does. And then he has Ari and Lauren on their podcast this week. Well, that's funny because, you know, you said he says that to you at the party. And then that's the same party you heard through a person of a person of a person. If, you know, you'd be interested in him. Why didn't he just ask you himself that night? He's literally just said, like, we hooked you up with a pompous ass. He could have just then slid in a line of, you know, who's not an ass? Me. Uh, you know, right. how about you? This guy. Yeah. And there so, was it, a moment of like, okay, like, is this like, I knew like it was like kind of trending in that direction. There was a moment of like, you know, and there was nothing, you know. That's interesting. Wow. Yeah, that's I knew my that, tea. Yeah, that's, I knew that that was a, um, I, I didn't know specifics, but I very well know that the persona that Chris Harrison, number one, is now portraying on his podcast, and number mm-hmm. two, the persona that he portrayed on television was not necessarily what was really being, uh, going on behind the scenes, to say the least. Um, yeah. So my tea. Never yes. told this get it to me. Give me that sweet tea, Steve. Never told this before. So you and Ben got engaged on a mountaintop in Switzerland, November of 2011. Mm-hmm. I remember maybe about a week before your season finale aired, might've been a couple weeks one of the tabloid magazines had pictures of you guys on the mountaintop. You remember that? Yes. Oh, I, I remember. Say, 
they want to say it was maybe radar or something. And it was clear that Ben was down radar. on the knee. And you, you know, we could see you in your black dress with your black gloves. Oh. It was freezing. How embarrassing. <laughs> um, so you remember, I can't remember what outlet posted those pictures. You know, I don't, it was like radar online or one of the paparazzi sites. Well, I'm here to say that the reason that I spoiled your season on December 14th, three weeks before your first episode aired, was because I was made aware of those pictures. Now, here's the thing that I really took it to the extreme. These pictures were, were told, somebody told me, I have the pictures of the final rose ceremony. I know who Ben chose. But I can't send them to you. They couldn't trust me because they have no idea what I'm going to do with those pictures. And I said, is there any way, like, look, I'm not, I don't want to say you're lying to me, but this is, you know, I'm still, I'm still early in the spoiler game. This is only my second or third or fourth season spoiling, 2011. Jason Mesnick was my first one. That was 2009. So it was only two years into spoiling at this point. But I was like, I'd love to get it right. Because I believe the season before, Ashley Bear. No, I had JP right. But anyway, I wanted to be right. So, and they're like, dude, I, they say, I can't send you the picture. I can't, I can't put these out there. And I'm like, well, where do you live? <laughs> and he said, New York. <gasps> Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And I bought a ticket to New York for Stop. one day. I met a random stranger that had contacted me on email saying they had pictures of the Ben and Courtney finale on the mountaintop in Switzerland. And I booked a one-day ticket to New York. I don't know. I this. met them at some bar. And I can't even remember what district in New York we were in. But I literally felt like I was on a CIA mission because he was at the bar. He didn't, he didn't, you know, he didn't conceal his name to me or anything like that. I know his name. I still know his name to this day. I'm not going to, it doesn't matter who it is, 
But at the time, I knew his name, and he's like, meet me at this bar on 53rd and whatever. It was like, I want to say it was like some Czechoslovakian bar. Like, I like someplace <laughs> I would never go. <laughs> some random back street in New York City. I flew in, checked into my hotel at noon. No way. I met him at 9 o'clock. He's sitting at the bar. He has his laptop in front of him. He opens up his laptop. He's got a bunch of pictures, and I see with my own two eyes Courtney Robertson and Ben Flanick on a hill, on a on a mountaintop in Switzerland. I said, thank you very much. I sat there and had one drink with him. I left, and I've never spoken to the guy since. And that's what? how I – And then I posted on December 14th, 2011, Ben chose Courtney Robertson, and that's how I knew. Now, here's the thing. That's amazing. That is some good – T. Now, here's the thing. Because I just told that story, everybody's now going to think, oh, my God, that's how you know you get pictures of every final rose ceremony. And I can tell you, you know, conspiracy theorists are going to believe what they want to believe. I can tell you right now, that is the only time I have ever seen a final rose ceremony pick. The only other time, um, I want to say, so that was yours. Someone came to me one time for Becca Kufrin season and said, I have pictures of final rose ceremony today of Becca with her guy. What, what do you pay for it? I was like, I, or what, you know, how much I said, I don't pay for info. Yeah. There's no, budget. They said, okay. And I, and I said, <laughs> okay. Um, I said, I'm going to find out eventually, but I don't pay for info. The very next day, there were pictures of Becca and Garrett, like getting off a boat wherever they were. I think they were in Thailand for their finale as well. Um, or maybe Bali or something like that um, on yeah, TMZ. Who knows? So basically mm -hmm. the person who emailed me just started shopping it around to the entertainment sites and that one got out. So they were the ones that technically spoiled uh, Becca's season because, so there were pictures for her season. Um, but yeah, your season, and I swear, like I just told the story on your podcast. If there were others I had seen, wouldn't I just, just share those? Yes, like, yeah, of course. I, I've never seen it. It just, that's the first time it ever happened to me. And it was the last time it ever happened where somebody had access to the pictures. And it was just so, I just go back to that time because it was literally, it was Did December. Fun in New York? <laughs> it was like the first week of December, 2011. I want to say I flew out there on December 5th, 2011. I'm meeting a complete stranger at a bar who claims to say, I have pictures from that final rose ceremony. And I took their word for it. And it actually ended up being true. He pops open his laptop. He's got a bunch of pictures of it. I look at it. And I'm like, thank you very much. Don't need to see anything else. <laughs> and it was clear it was Ben. It was clear it was you. Couldn't have been doctored. And I'm like, thank you. And uh, I, had a, I had a drink with him. Went on my way. Never talked to them. Never heard from the guy again in my life. Never talked to him again in my life. And then wow. those pictures, those were the exact same pictures that end up surfacing on the oh. tabloids like a week or two before. Um your uh, a week or two before your uh, your finale aired, so I want to say he must have been paparazzi. I don't know. <laughs> I don't my even know. My mind is blown, Steve. <laughs> my mind is blown. You've never shared the story with me. Never, I've never told that story. That no. is the best tea <laughs> ever. Like you literally, you got on the flight, you went there like like a blind item. Like you had yeah. no clue. That's this so guy, this guy could have been lying to me. I didn't think he was. I didn't think he was based on everything he was telling me 
And I don't right. think he would have made me, you know, spend money on a plane ticket and get a hotel room in downtown right. New York for probably four or 500 bucks for one night. You know how expensive it is there. Oh, I don't yeah. think he would have done that to me. Um, but I, so I believed him in that sense, but I truly did not know what I was getting into. For all I know, it could have been production setting me up and I was going to be murdered when I got there. Like, right. No yeah. Idea. You're like, they're going to like literally slap, slap me with a cease and desist. Like, I yeah. don't even and know. I, I basically went on a hunch, just believe I wanted to believe that this guy wasn't leading me astray and he wasn't going to make me, wasn't going to do that to me. Cause we had developed somewhat of a rapport and he's like, man, he goes, man, he goes, trust me. I'm not, I'm not dicking you around. I've got it. Um, and okay. I like, okay. So I said, but there's no way you can send it to me. He's like, I can't, I, I cannot jeopardize. He goes, I trust you, but I cannot jeopardize it. I cannot send you these pictures because it would have saved me a whole trip and do this whole like right. mission impossible excursion to go see him and meet him at a Czechoslovakian bar somewhere in New York city that I don't even remember at this point. Um, but uh, yeah, that's how I, that's how I found out. So it was like early December. And then, you know, before I came on here, I looked at the website. And yeah, December 14th, 2011 is when I spoiled that Ben was engaged to Courtney. And that was because I had seen physical evidence. And, you know, like I said, conspiracy theorists are going to believe whatever they want to believe. I'm telling you the honest truth. That's the only time I've ever seen pictures that got out from the final rose ceremony well beforehand. And the thing is, I don't, outside of Becca and Garrett, have there been any other seasons where pictures either got yeah. out later on? Juan well, Pablo and Nikki. I think you, pro I think you produce those pictures. I think it was somebody that was like on a beach, like, and then they like started doing like a little bit more like secure locations, but there was somebody that was like on a beach that you spoiled. I'm sure. I don't remember picture wise. I might've, uh, no, I don't really or anything picture wise. Well, I mean, we talk about this season, the picture that I got out last week, you know, um, yeah, yeah. of Zach and Katie. Like, that's the third time a picture has gotten out where it's clear as day. Oh, shit. This is final rose ceremony day. And this is clearly the person that they chose. So your season, which eventually got posted publicly, uh, Becca's season, which got posted to TMZ, which confirmed I had already had or no, the Garrett spoiler was was basically confirmed by TMZ. And then now. uh even though I put Zach and Katie out there on December, uh, February 6th, the picture to back up my spoiler uh, was posted by um, Bachelor Sherlock Instagram account. I don't know where they got it, and I don't care. I mean, it just all it did yeah. was prove. I what, love that. I love yeah. your vibe that you're like, I just don't care. Like, I love what you're doing. You just don't care. But I have a couple more questions for you. So, do you hear anybody about get any spoilers about the Game of Roses book? About the book, I haven't read the book. I haven't. But did you get any spoilers about a contestant? There was apparently somebody. They didn't air it though. There was somebody got caught reading the book, but they of course. Oh didn't yeah, yeah. I was I was told that Gabby was seen reading it in the mansion. Gabby, okay. Yeah, that it was Gabby, and um, but even when I ran with it, I said, "Look, I have no idea if the show is going to make a storyline out of it. If I had to guess, I'd probably say no, because why would the show?" want to promote a book that literally calls the show out for the stuff that they do. So I, I couldn't see it being a storyline and it ended up not being a storyline, but yeah, I heard it was Gabby. 
but it clearly wasn't even a big deal. I don't even think the women cared. I was just told, yeah, she was reading the book. So I was oh, like, okay. no way. Yeah. So um, maybe she'll address it later on when she's off contract a year from now. Um, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it was definitely Gabby is what I was told. But I was, I was also told it wasn't that big of a deal. And clearly it wasn't because they didn't even make a storyline out of it. Well, it probably was her. I'm going to reach out to her. I'm gonna, I want I want to know. So wrapping things up, we did our little tea party. That was amazing tea, Steve. But um, I, told you, I told you when you first got this podcast, I told you I'm going to save it. I'm going to say I'm going to tell something that I've never shared before. And I want to share it on your podcast because you were the one directly involved. Like I saw the pictures of you and Ben on the mountaintop three months before it was released on uh, to the, uh, to the paparazzi, you know, or three months before it was released to the, um, the media sites. And I, you know, I, we'd have to go back to finding which website released it. Um, I want to say it might've been radar online. Uh, And by the way, that has changed so much. Thank you for blowing up my life because that changed things for me. As soon as you release that, like my life got crazy. Like popper, I had five paparazzi outside of my door every day, like following every move for probably about three weeks, maybe four weeks. It was nuts. Oh my! I, I, I you release that, like that's when the paparazzi started following me. It was like crazy, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like I'm like telling Ben, like they're here, they're following me, and he was like, "Wait, what?" But um. My last question is like, what's up next for you? Like, are you single? Are you dating? I, I know you don't talk about it a lot on your podcast, but I'm a gal and I want to know, are you dating? Do you do the date apps? Talk to me, Goose. I am not a dating app person at all. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you one of the reasons why is because I'm terrified of social media and I hate I mean, I see what's happening with the reality show contestants when they go out on a date with somebody or slide into somebody's DMs just to hit on them or ask them out on a date. And all of a sudden, these women are taking to TikTok and posting like, oh, my God, look at what this person I'm just like. I'm so I'm so bummed out by that generation that chooses to share that stuff that I don't even want to put in a profile out there because I feel like somebody out there will be like, oh, my God, look, and my my dating profile is going to end up on a, uh, on a message board or something like that. And I was just like, I don't, I don't want to deal with that. I'll meet somebody naturally. I don't need to yeah. do it. You know, and Go no to shame Olive to Garden. Who... you can meet somebody <laughs> at all, bump into them at Olive Garden. You never know. Love you can meet Olive the love of your life Garden. at the Olive Garden over a basket of breadsticks. Um, no, I, uh, I, I'm not currently, I mean, I'm single. So yeah, I'm, I'm dating. I'm not currently dating anybody. They'll slide into his DMs. He's hardworking. Oh, yeah. he's, got, to- he's a dog lover. <laughs> he's a hard worker. Yeah. You're going to have to, um, yeah, just know if we're dating and you're spending the night here, just know between 10.30 p.m. and 1 p.m., you're going to get an early, uh, you're going to get an early an early audio version of my my podcasts that are going up the next morning because you'll hear me recording them. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've, you know, I'm getting up there in age. I, uh, I surely would like to meet somebody. I'm not closed off to it. Um, you know, people ask me if I want kids and I, for the, for the long time, I thought I was going to be the first of my friends to get married and have kids. And now I'm dead last. So go figure. And then I'm, 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 
I'm kind of still, I'm almost taking the Katie Thurston approach because I remember what she mm-hmm. said during her season where it was almost like, you know what? If I meet someone that I want to spend the rest of my life with and they absolutely want to have kids, then I will too. But if I meet somebody that I want to spend the rest of my life with and they're just like, you know what? Kids are out of the cards for me, whether it's through a medical thing or they've just, they just don't want them. I'm fine with that as well. Like, I don't know. Does that seem, is that possible? Can you be half in and half, not half out, but I want kids, but it's not the end all be all. Is that possible? Or you have yeah, to be hundred percent. Okay. All right. Yeah, and like by the way, when I did your podcast, I had a lot of hate mail saying like you should never ask somebody if they want to have kids or if they're gonna plan to have kids. And I'm sorry for that, by the way. Um, people, I got some trolls saying like you should never ask somebody that question because I asked you that when I did your podcast. So oh, I don't remember. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. No. I, I literally wanted to text you like, oh my god, I had some trolls saying like I shouldn't ask you that. Like I didn't realize that that was like I just you know. Yeah. I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine. I guess I. I mean, I. I get it the other way around. I definitely get not asking a woman about kids. Right. Uh, I don't. Take I feel like you it. and I have talked about it offline. Like I feel like I know you well enough to ask you that. Like, yeah. but like so, I don't. I. It's. It's just like for me, I'm a hopeless romantic. It's like I want to see you happy and in love. And you had a girlfriend for a while, and then she went off and did another reality show. <laughs> yeah, that was that was real fun. Um. But like. <laughs> I feel like you're so busy focused on work and um, like, you know, like I would love to see you happy. Like, I feel like you're like open one way or another and like talk about having your own map of the world. Like I feel like Nick Vial on his podcast, like he's got his map of the world. Like for me, like I have kids, I love it. Like, and you're my friend. Like I would love to see that for you, but that's my map of the world, you know? Yeah. And I, you know, like I said, I'm open to it. I just haven't, you know, I, the thing with me is I'm not a serial dater. I'm not one of these guys that goes on a bunch of dates hoping right. to, you know, play the numbers game and hoping one works. I just, I, I go out on dates very infrequently. And because I think I'm also very picky, I, I'm very picky about As who I should be time with, you know, I just, I, well, you don't have a lot of time to share, you know? Yeah. So if you're going to hang out with somebody, it's got to be like worth your while. Yeah. And I, and I'm, I'm not against long distance, although I know it is hard. Um, I'm definitely not against that because I do think I do need uh, space in the beginning. I, I, but if somebody was local, like my last girlfriend was local. So it's not like I'm against local. Clearly I'm not, but it was just, um, I'm just, you know, if something happens, it happens. I'm just, I guess I'm not one of these people that's actively looking. Cause if I was, I would be on the dating apps, but I'm just, so freaked out by I, I I don't like this generation that that wants to you know spoil and I'm not saying that I'm this big deal that oh my god no but you but you are you're in the public eye like so yeah. like, you don't need to downplay it to me like I've been there like the thought of being on a dating app and getting screen grabbed is like yeah like it's that's the world we live in sorry yeah and and you know back in 2011 or 2012. Um, I was having very flirtatious conversations with somebody that I was interested in and she screenshot them, set up a private Facebook group, went to my comments section on my website to tell people, if you want to see me having a conversation with Steve, go to this Facebook group. I didn't even know about it until someone informed me about it. And that's what I mean. It's just like, thank you. That's, that's, it's too much of a headache. Like, no. 
like if you're here for the real deal like steve is a real deal he's a good guy you're always with your you know your nephew and your niece like you're a family guy so i think i I, you know i just i do think i have a lot to offer i do think i'm fun to be around i i think you know i think people very well very well aware that i love going to vegas so you kind of need to like vegas (laughs) if you want to hang with me i can't imagine most women hate vegas but my husband loves vegas he's like when can we go to Vegas? We've never been. I'm like, wait, what? I'm like, I need to get my Vegas mode on stat. Wait a, wait a second. Well, how about right here, right now? We say that, um, Courtney, you and your husband come to the reality C fan appreciation party this year in Vegas. We would love to. I know it's coming up because I listened to you daily. Like I told you before, I listened, like I deal with anxiety a little bit. And like, I listened to your podcast, like for whatever reason, like your voice, like soothes me. Like I was literally at the DMV, like I'm like stressed out. Like this is a stressful situation. I have to come back and I listen to your podcast and it's like soothing to me. Um, Thank you. Yeah, no, it it really is. And, um, but I've been listening. I, so I listen all the time. I listen to your daily roundup and I, I know you're doing your Vegas podcast, like your like fan appreciation thing. I literally was thinking like, maybe we should go like that would be the time to go. It's June 2nd. I, I mean, if you guys can make it, we're still three months away, but I, I'd uh, love to. We would love to come. My husband is a big sports guy, by the way, and I know you're doing your sports roundup, and he yeah. is like, you know, I know he's not in the nation or whatever, but like he <laughs> has like the funniest things. That, oh, Kevin Durant just joined Suns. I wanted to talk to you about that, but side yeah. note, um, he's like a sports fanatic, but he has like a lot of fun things to talk about with sports. Is he is- based out of and and was he or how long has he been in the scottsdale phoenix area so he grew up here he grew up in maryville and um he played for usd he played football um and he he yeah he got a scholarship he's you know and then he blew out his knee but um so he like like i would get in my car and it's like sports talk it's always sports talk sport like his it's like much like you like he was like i would have loved to be in sports broadcasting like but he would be a good one to interview because he he's my got like the my facts. sister um, my sister graduated from UCSD she went to UC San Diego my no sister so way. Uh, yeah so that would have been I mean I don't my sister and your husband might be around the same age so I don't know he was ninety nine um, class of ninety nine high school but he would I think you would really like to talk to him like we could oh. you guys could talk sports all the time so okay but we'll come um, to Vegas we will come to Vegas. I would love to make that happen because he's like, I want to go to Vegas with you. I'm like, and before we met, he had a girlfriend in Vegas. And I was like, I'm always like, "Mm." you know, like picturing the worst, like I'm picturing like pour some sugar on me, like, like you know, like girl that's like Vegas. It happens. So going Um, back to you, you're single. We're going to come to your event. We'll come. so that'd be that'd be so awesome. I mean, I would love I to know come. If I, pro- I know if I promoted it that you were going to be there, I might get more people interested. But right now, I have less than five spots left. Like I'm almost tapped out on who can come to my party. We but obviously, would love in terms to of come. yeah, oh, you know, I mean, in, in terms of guests, like I have, I always have a set reserve people that I know that I invite my friends. Right. So you would be part of lists that are coming. But in terms of you're going to put me uh, in the VIP. 
have fans and listeners that would possibly be coming to this event, you would, you and your husband would definitely be on it. So yeah, I um, yeah, I'd love for you guys to go. If you I guys would can make love it out there. Come. We have a sitter for like twenty four hours. We can come. We could show up. We could be like a little, <laughs> you know, firecracker. I would love that to support you. And, yeah, no, that and have crazy. fun. It'd be like twenty four hours away from the kids. Are you kidding? Could you get? Could you possibly get forty eight hours? Could you go Friday to Sunday? Yes, we could. You know what we could do? Friday to Saturday night, Sunday morning. Yeah, leave, like leave first thing Sunday morning. Yeah, yes, get in Friday yes. and leave first thing Sunday morning. So you get a, you get, you come in Friday afternoon around two or three. Go Hell to the hotel, yeah. settle in. Come to the party Friday night. Saturday, I have a cabana at the pool that you guys would ob- obviously be interested to. You had me at cabana. Yeah. So <laughs> we, you would, I have a private cabana at the pool that can only seat X amount of people. So you guys would be invited to that. Um, and then leave and then do whatever you guys want. Go to a nice dinner Saturday night. Oh, and then, yeah. And he apparently and knows Sunday morning. Las Vegas. So yeah, Vegas, <laughs> you know, he can, you know, and then you leave, um, yeah, leave first thing Sunday morning. And you're, I you're, would love that, Steve. I'm telling you, you got to, you got to do it. I know, I know my listeners. Like last year, <clears throat> I had a few of the women from Joe Millionaire on, and they were the, oh, they God. stole, the, they stole the show. Like those women, my the the fans that showed up were all enthralled by the Joe Millionaire women because their season had just aired, and my fans loved talking to them last season. The the butler from Joe Millionaire showed up. Three of the women from the show showed up. It was great. And um, <laughs> that's and that's for a show that happened had one season. I mean, everybody knows who Courtney Robertson is. So they would just know that if you show up, you are going to have I'm a lot down. of people take a piece of you. So oh, I'm down. I would love to come, honestly. Okay. And I appreciate we need, we need you always. Yeah, let's make it happen. Like, like we can do that. And my, you'll love my husband. He's like the most down-to-earth guy. Like... You guys can talk sports. I'm sure you're yeah. going to be busy hosting. So, yeah. yeah, Saturday at the pool the next day, we definitely have a lot. It's more low key. There's only, I can only get about 12 people at the cabana. Um, so, yeah, it'll be more low key. It'll be, in, it'll be outside, obviously. And, uh, but the cabana is, is awesome. It's my favorite cabana at the Venetian pool. So, yeah. You had uh, me at cabana. Yeah. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's great. Uh, so, yes, let's make that happen. I'm, this has been such a fun conversation. Oh, I'm glad I thank you so much, Steve. Share my thank tea with for, you. I honestly, like, I've, like, you know, like, booking guests has been really hard. I'm going to let you go. It's been, you've been gracious with your time. And I, my last question was if you weren't covering reality TV as a job, what would you be doing? Um, something in either the sports slash gambling world. I just don't know what that is yet. Okay. I think that's my next venture is into the, uh, I mean, I, like I said, my career before all this was sports talk radio. And then I got out of that industry and I don't think I would go back into it. It's why I like having my sports podcast because if I'm my own boss, I don't have to worry about answering to anybody. It's a podcast. I can curse. I can say what I want. Mm-hmm. I can give my true feelings as opposed to some PC answers that a radio station is, you know, only going to allow you to say certain things and whatnot. So, um, I something in the sports gambling world. I just don't know what that is. Yeah. Yeah. Podcasting in that realm, probably. You know, um, that'd be my guess. 
Well, I can't right. wait to see what happens next for you. I'll see you in Vegas. This is yes. happening. We have, you have to do this. Like literally make the plans now. Get the center yes. for No, second. I'm going to text Umberto when I get home. I'm going to reality. Steve, thank you so much for your time. My pleasure, my friend. I always have your back. Thank yes. you for I being have, here. I always have yours. Oh, wow. What a great episode. Thank you so much, Steve, for stopping by and sharing all the tea, things that he has never shared before. I hope you enjoyed. He's a true blue friend, and I'm thankful for that. So anyway, next week, we will have another guest for you, and we will spill all the tea. Good night. Adios.